Hello and welcome back to the Michael Mark Show. Good, a very good evening to you. There's only one thing that you have to do, and that's you have to buy a ticket for Paper Tuesdays Live, at Christmas special. Yeah, buy the tickets. We need the money. Please. We've run into some financial issues with our hats again. <laughs> People are coming for their money. We need to pay them back. Yes, and the aprons indeed. So, Friday, 3rd December, Gory Little Theatre, Connor MacDonald, Jared Cush, Billy Byrne, Bree Brown, the two of us, we've a great night planned. And you. And you. Yes, you. Right. Now, Mark, what, how are you today? I'm great. <laughs> I've had a great day, actually. Have you? I had very little sleep last night, but I had a great day overall. Did you get the nap after? No, I didn't get a nap. I remember I told you uh, that's mm. exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and have a nap after this because I'm so worried about my sleep. And then what did I do? I didn't sleep. I went back and I fucking arsed around. Mm. As I usually do. But I, I, didn't have, I didn't have coffee, which has been oh. the issue with my naps. I've been having coffee in the morning. And then when I get back after my morning shift, I have coffee again. So then I don't get to nap because I had that coffee. So I would cut out coffee now the day before I napped. But after that, I didn't nap because I've been looking into sleep lately. And I listened to that podcast with uh, Matthew, Matthew Walker on Joe Rogan's podcast. I'd say a few people who listen to it now, I think it's one of his most popular ones. But it's, it's scary, like the sort of stats on sleep and how six isn't good enough. And like, I'm sure you're the same. You probably only get about six a night. Yeah. Most nights. And you think, oh, six is good. Like, yeah. I'm happy if I get six. Like, you think maybe if I got five, that's bad. Six is bad. Ideally, it's between seven and nine. Okay. And it's just like, apparently, if you were operating on five hours or less of sleep, you are the same as being legally drunk. You're, you're the same cognitive impairment as being legally drunk. Really? Yeah. That's how bad it is. My gosh. And I think that has been used in an Irish context um, in, in drink driving case, or not drink driving, but that, that sleep impairment was... was apparently, that that's what they said on the podcast as well, that it's the number one cause of death in first world countries. Wow. Is uh, tiredness behind the wheel. Yeah. Or lack of sleep. And then its connection with the heart is a factor too, isn't mm, it? Yeah, cardiovascular disease apparently, I can't remember the stats exactly, but it's high, like it's bad. Yeah. People who don't sleep as much die younger. So they're saying, you know, you sleep when you're dead or like, you know, you live, live while you can, don't spend your life sleeping or whatever. It's wrong because you're going to die faster if you don't sleep as yeah. much. Do you know, and your quality of your life as well, like your mental health, Alzheimer's, dementia, Stuff like that. Like, wasn't there uh, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan? Yeah. Were both famously known for only getting very little sleep and working right. through the night. They both died of dementia. Young. Oh, yeah. Younger than they should have. Really? Yeah. Jesus, that's true. I think, I think there was something when it was in Dublin Castle. Um, Margaret Thatcher, when the, she was coming over, I think they had to build on a kitchen for her because um, she, she wouldn't be, she was an insomniac, so she needed something to do in the... I don't know why they had to build on a kitchen. A kitchen. Maybe Dublin Castle would reach out and tell us why, but yeah, they had to build on some living quarters because... There's there of sexism off that, isn't there? How the woman can't kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mark, a lot of animal-based stories this week. Um, polar bear Zizou, shout out Zizou, um, has undergone painful surgery on a tooth abscess in Yorkshire Wildlife Park. Um, the 600 kilogram animal is now free from pain and uh, the doctor was glad that the attentive staff spotted Zizou's discomfort and then they undertook surgery on the abscess. Best wishes to Zizou and a speedy recovery. It's uh, not a nice thing having to do with the teeth. No. That, would you have a fear of dentists? No, my dentist is very calming and reassuring, unlike yours, Matt. No, my dentist called me an arsehole when I was yeah. 16, 17. <laughs> he asked me if I smoked and I said yes and he goes, you're an arsehole. 
He's like, I didn't come here for this, John. <laughs> Just fix my teeth and shut up. And what was the most painful thing you've... Like, was the hernia as painful as... Yeah, yeah, no, the hernia was really painful. The hernia, I'd say, what was I, 16? Maybe it was I transition year when I got it. And uh, it's like... I don't know if you've ever watched Parks and Rec. There's a scene oh, where... Uh, who's your man in Parks and Rec with the moustache? Ron Swanson. Yeah, yeah. He gets a hernia. And he, there's a whole scene where he's just sitting at his desk like... People are listening. He's just stuck up straight, not moving at all. And he like he calls his secretary into the office to hand him his burger because he can't reach to get up to move. Like, <laughs> but that's that's what it's kind of felt like. Now really? I did move and stuff. But it's what a hernia is is your intestines poking out through your stuff, your sheet of muscle in your abdomen, and it's rough. Like I gave it to myself just being stupid in the gym, not really knowing what I was doing at that age, and just lifting too heavy, lifting with bad form, and I paid for it. But yeah, the hernia is probably one of the most painful things I've been through. I think yeah. Yeah, it will be the hernia. Mm, yeah. That's... That and I got hit in the left testicle in training this year in Hurling. So it wasn't the whole sack and it wasn't the Mickey. It was just, it just. And you were able to distinguish? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Because it just, it bounced. Like it just like slapped it, like playful slap the sliver. <laughs> and it was just like. <laughs> oh, it was horrendous. Horrendous agony. Because mm. it's such a tender feeling, like so, yeah. so sore. And I know, I, like. We know someone who, well, I don't really know, but we heard the story together yeah. of a man who got, had a fair ordeal with a slitter. Yeah. He got a full pelt, got yeah. a whole kick and caboodle with it, and ended up in the hospital. <laughs> oh, we spoke with this on the podcast, so <laughs> we should give this chap a break. <laughs> I think we talked about this before, yeah. Oh, I don't know if we named him anyway. Yeah. We were talking about swollen members. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't go too heavy into him again. The poor chap, he's not going on. Yeah, yeah. So look after yourselves, <laughs> lads. <laughs> Another one that should look after himself. This elk, um, an elk lived with a tire around its neck for two years. And uh, it's since been removed. Colorado Park and Wildlife crew, they seemed like they were having a great time, Mark. They were surveying the goats and the big horned sheep, as one does. And then they came across this elk uh, that had a massive tire around its neck. And then they had to, they on the seventh attempt of tranquilizing it, they uh, managed to cut its antlers and they removed the tyre. Uh, the tyre was full with stuff. It weighed uh, 35 pounds and it, there was only a tiny cut the size of a nickel on the elk's neck. Yeah. So um, th that was the only inconvenience there. And um, so the elk, I'd say, is, has just noticed that life is a bit lighter when you don't have a tyre around your neck. Yeah. And how did they know it was seven years? Is like two years, sorry. Two years. They first spotted him two years ago with the tire around him and they couldn't stop him. They couldn't oh. get him and say, here, you'd be better off without that. Yeah. yeah. So the, it just continued and remained the same for two years. And they finally got it off. Yeah. What have you ignored? What did you ignore for a really long time? Hmm. What did I ignore for a really long time? Well, when I was in secondary school, I had a Veruca on my oh. feet. Yes. Yeah. And I had them for years. And eventually, like, I went to get them frozen off, but they never went away until, uh, like, the freezing didn't get rid of them. It just with time, they eventually went away. Time heals all verrucas. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just general health, I kind of tend to ignore. Really? I'm not Like, I try to look after my health, but if something is wrong, I leave it for too long. Oh. Like, the cramps and stuff, I let them go on for 12 days when I had the first stomach ulcer. And now it's back, and straight away when I got the first cramp. I rang the doctor the next morning, got okay. the medication, got sorted. So I'm getting better at that. Mm. I also like, do you know, some stuff 
I have a bad habit of letting get out of hand before I fix it. Like the car gets too messy, and I, I don't like clean as I go. Be a bad thing for me. So I'd have I'd wait until I go. Oh, that's bad, and then I have to fix it. Mm. Which is a bad habit I have in terms of just general tidiness. I think as opposed to medical conditions. <laughs> that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's good to see. It's always good when you can observe it within yourself a little bit of an improvement in like you phoning the doctor straight away there and that sort of thing. It's a they're positive little steps, aren't they? Mm. Um, well, Ruth Hamilton, she was one that um, she wasn't hanging around and fair play to her as well. She awoke to her dog barking and um, then she heard an explosion and she phoned 911 straight away. She knew something was up and she discovered that a melon-sized rock had fallen through her ceiling and had landed inches from her head as she slept. Jesus. Yeah. And um, so anyway, investigations are ongoing, but it has been determined that this melon-sized rock that came through the roof of her house and landed right beside her on the pillow was in fact a meteorite. Oh, was there aliens? What? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the dog saw the aliens and was barking on that and not the explosion. So the dog barked before the meteor landed. Yeah, woke to the dog barking, hmm. then the explosion. Tune in next week. <laughs> We've been paper Tuesday. <laughs> no, that's weird, isn't it? It is. It is really weird. It's not something you want to wake up to either. Um, yeah. Have you watched The Haunting of Hill House? No. Is this a recommendation? Oh, it's a recommendation. Shane, you watch it? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Netflix? So, so scary. Netflix, yeah. It's good for this time of year. Halloween. Okay. The Haunting of Hill House. Good to it's know. It's so well shot. It's very good. Yeah. But just, I've nothing to do with, well, kind of do that. Just scary and creepy. Yeah. I'd recommend that. Um, I'm not sure if it's still going to be out, but there, there's this haunted house experience in the RDS at the moment. Mm. And I heard, um, I heard a great story of a couple that went and they had to leave halfway through. But interestingly, a few interesting points about this, Mark. First of all, the couple was offered if they wanted to go into the room with a Luigi board. A Luigi board? Yeah. This is a commercial experience. Like, this is like Pirate's Cove saying, come on in here. Did you ask your commander? There's a Luigi board in there. Well, it's a bit strange, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm surprised to hear it. And then the, the, the Lord says, can I just say something? It's, it's a Luigi. Oh, ex- thank you. <laughs> Did I say Luigi yeah. or Luigi? Yeah, Luigi. You can play Mario and Luigi in these. <laughs> so, would no like you got into the tarot cards? Would you get into the Luigi? No, not after what the couple that, that actually oh. told me. Uh, they played it. No, they didn't. But they didn't because of a very personal reason in their family. So right. Yeah, I, I and I am thinking of going to this altar just for the sheer crack uh, because your man, <laughs> your man. Uh, so the the male part of this couple wasn't uh, too comfortable in these surroundings. Mm. When one of the actors came out, he punched them. No way. <laughs> this is recently. Yeah, only yesterday. Oh. And then he, <laughs> he started jumping up and down in response to another scare and eventually they had to leave through an emergency exit halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I, I got to say, I would be very jumpy as well. I went to a scary movie. Actually, It. it? Uh, I went to, it isn't too? that It? 
Two, Stephen King, I haven't the seen the second one. Shane loves it. Yeah, it's one of my favourite movies. Is it? Yeah, yeah. And I went to it and I enjoyed it now. But I screamed the whole way through. And uh, I remember Ash and I were leaving and uh, your man goes, or someone goes to him in, in front of me. Um, well, why would he go to a scary movie if he's going to scream? <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, but still, I'm going to sign up for this. I, I think it sounds class, but I, I won't be available of the board. The board, no. no. I'd say, like, those lads get punched in the face fairly often. I'd say that too. Work there. Yeah. It's, it must be a part of the job description. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, there's be. no way he's the first one because I've seen videos online of that happening. Really? Yeah. And I'm sure it happens more than it's recorded as well. Like. Yeah. 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 My God. Some poor TY on his midterm. Yeah, <laughs> earn a few bob. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then when they didn't go into the room with the board, then uh, they said, "Okay, then the next crew will go in." And there's the um, the the next crew said, uh, "Oh, you're sending us to death or something like that." So uh, it was just a, a funny little encounter there. Mm. Have you any Ouija board stories, or do you know of anyone who's done what? No vague encounters of it. No. Not a strong memory yeah. of it. What about yourself? Nah, no, no, no. Would you associate with those people? Yeah. Would you associate with this man, Mark? It's Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, Shout out, Mark. Shout out. Facebook will change its company organisational name to Meta, building a metaverse. Yeah. Uh, akin to Google's mother organisation, Alphabet, uh, they're changing to Meta. What do you think, Mark? Is this change as big as when Morrow became Boost? Um, or what do you think? Marathon became Snickers. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Facebook went down, all that crashed, and now he's changing the name of it. And plus, their their history of late, and their, their speculation. He's saying that uh, the the name has been tainted, but that it's been tainted improperly with a lot of loose uh, allegations. Like, but I don't know. We're in an interesting to world at the moment the, in tech. The photo of Mark Zuckerberg that was out this week no. of him in his house or whatever speaking. And he has like just the background is like his sitting room. Well, sitting room, like it's just a room he's in, but on the shelf there's like books and like plants and then there's just a bottle of barbecue sauce. He's not in a kitchen, there's no food around. And the caption so about caption on it is like, what what do people what do humans keep in their sitting rooms? It's like barbecue sauce, that'll do. <laughs> That's gas. Um I was listening to uh Oh, Naval Ravikant, we recommend him mm. for listening to him on the way here. Where he's features on Tim Ferriss's latest podcast. And it's a brilliant 101 primer on the web at the moment and how technology is changing and how it has changed in recent years. You know, because we've heard about how the Lord Mayor of Leapsup and other very prominent individuals, the highfalutin gentlemen and ladies and the like, are upskilling and focusing on Bitcoin and the like. And this is all in, in an era where it's almost a pushback against the likes of Facebook and Google to see Web 3.0, as they call it, is more going to be about you keeping your own sovereignty, your own ownership of your own data online, instead of you just surrendering it all to these conglomerates of sorts. Mm. Um, it's very interesting, Mark. I'm sure it interests you as well. Yeah. Is that up now, uh, the Naval? And the, yeah, that's live. And do you, I, for someone, I don't really have a strong knowledge on it, but it's actually really good to actually learn well where we are now it, it traces you through how we came from dial-up internet in the first phase web one so to speak and then you had web two which is what we kind of have now and this whole web three is similar to the whole area of nfts and all but i'm not yeah you haven't bought an nft yet 
No, not yet. But is it? You can see yourself doing it. Oh God! It? Yeah, I don't yeah. know enough about it. I was only because I only starting looking into Bitcoin now. Like I've been, I'm thinking about getting some just after Lord Mayor Lee slip. So as he said, a grand. He had a grand and he made twenty five grand. Mm. Like. It's yeah. the Lord Mayor. It's good enough for the Lord Mayor. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, it chimes with like the whole idea that if you're going to invest, it's not about putting 10,000. If you have 10,000 of savings, you don't put 10,000 all in black or mm. all in just light savings. You might put 9,000 in your low interest savings account, but then you might use the thousand others to make a few investments and, yeah. and see where the money takes you. Yeah. Um, what else have we got here? A company, Mark, uh, maybe these are have steered away from Bitcoin and are going down the commodities route. This is a company that's invented a wine necklace. And this is where the wine buddy cradles a wine glass around your neck. So this is like you have a, 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 it dangles safely around the neck. And for four pounds, you can buy them from Blue Crate. Mm. Um, would you buy one of these? So it's just a glass on a necklace. Yeah. And the idea is if you're at a party and you need to hold a plate, well, you don't need to hold your glass of wine because it's hanging from your neck. If a party has plates and wine, <laughs> surely it has tables. Yeah. No. no what kind of party? What? what? I'm not going to that party. <laughs> it, it just seems mm. to be like anything to do with wine. People mm. love. Yeah, big time. Yeah, love like memes on Facebook and big on wine. It's like mammies, yeah. like wine. Women love wine and yeah, like men love wine too now apparently. I didn't get that. Like, right. I was saying, I don't drink wine before. Like, you know, it's not. I just, I drink pints and shorts, mm. and that's it. And, but apparently not. Apparently, a lot of men drink wine. And is it a stereotype to say that men are more likely to drink red wine than white wine? I'd, 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 I'll stand by that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mick Halton drinks true. red wine. Only red. Only red. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never seen him drink a red white wine. Mm. And maybe that's where I get it from. I drank red, red wine and I love red wine. Uh, I had it. <laughs> I uh, had it with a steak in oh, London yeah. and it was fantastic. Ooh. Very nice. I can't remember what the name of it was. But uh, yeah. Very interesting. Uh, oh, it actually reminds me of the time when I went to Crow's Opticians. I'd say it was only six or seven. Give me one. I didn't get any. <laughs> Couldn't see anything in the test. <laughs> Um, so I oh yeah I, I was looking at the glasses and I saw these you know like you'd see senior citizens and they wear the strings and I said to my mother wow they're class <laughs> and my mother laughed and said they're not for you they're, <laughs> they're only for old people oh, she done you a big favour that day <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't beat it out of me but look it was the practicality I think that appealed to me but look I suppose fashion has other ideas doesn't it yeah sure fashion go fuck itself <laughs> Uh, Mark, as we always ask ourselves, what are they doing on the TikTok today? Well, I can tell you, Mark, they're doing beaning. Have you heard of beaning? No. This is where they empty tins of baked beans on unsuspecting doorsteps. And where Waverly P Police um, is warning bean bandits to quit their messing. Uh, some, some lads even threw their beans over a car. Yeah. So um, the, the the police is warning people uh, to be aware if they see young people buying large quantities of baked beans. Now keep an eye out for that. So TikTok is, is kind of like Bebo on steroids, isn't it? It is. Have we discussed it lately? No. 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 Well, do you know, I'm actually, I know I was kind of critical because of the noise volume before, but do you know, it's quite good if you want to search something mm. on TikTok. Oh, 
you'll get the world in its eyes stuff. And lots of interesting content. Lots of, there's, a, there's a TikTok for everything in TikTok. I'll give me an example. Um, I was... I think I was looking up like Zodiac stuff and that sort of like hippy dippy stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I was going, oh, Jamie Mac, no wonder, uh, I don't know, no wonder the moon is the shape it is. Or, you know, it, it's it's a whole variety. I just found it was that deep that I thought there has to be a, a TikTok on absolutely everything, a bit yeah. like the internet now. Yeah, there has to be millions of videos. Yeah. Is there? Oh, billions. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen videos of like, I know on TikTok, but I've seen them on other platforms and it was like, old people looking for dates like just really kind of inappropriate stuff looking for yeah. dates like old men who can't breed properly like making i'm not gonna you're not gonna be able to, people on youtube are going to get the pleasure of seeing this but you know, like making uh instigating oral sex okay old men wow. who probably shouldn't be doing that like you know yeah. it's probably not um mannerly but each to their own you know plenty more stuff on tiktok find something else if you don't mm. like it if you choose, it's probably not mannerly. No. no. <laughs> Here, this isn't that mannerly either, Mark. Um, a New Yorker, after he punched his girlfriend and he threatened his mother, he decided to climb onto a roof and he jumped into a 30-foot spruce tree. He spent two nights there and police eventually arrested him after negotiators got him off his perch. Mm. Wait, what was the start of the story? Why did oh, sorry. Like, he punched his girlfriend and then oh. I imagine his own mother threatened him and said, what are you at? And yeah. I said, right, I'm going out onto the roof. And he jumped out and onto a tree. And I stayed there for two nights. Two nights? Yeah. That's a whole day. Yeah. He was up there. Yeah. And the police couldn't get him down. No, no. You'd imagine the fire, well, there could have been a bit of a scene, all right, if the fire engine was leaning in with their ladders and going, come on, get yeah. off that. Yeah. No, that wouldn't happen in Ireland. No, no. Well, fair play, if it were, like, to stay in a tree for two days, it's some, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Why? I don't know, it mind boggles, Michael, isn't it? Yeah, it does. It does indeed. Uh, in Florida, meanwhile, uh, the mind also boggled for a 43-year-old man who explained that the only reason that he broke into a van was that he wanted to see his girlfriend, Emma, and he only sees Emma when he's tripping on meth. So Emma may or may not exist. Emma was unavailable for comment, but Emma only appears anyway when this man is tripping. That man is living the dream, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Meth and a girlfriend. <laughs> He can take a break from both whenever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. Um, in other news, Mark, an Australian has been convicted on charges related to an incident mm. where, the, where this man, he was a former soldier, donned full combat gear, got a fake assault rifle. This man means business now. Mm. Where does he go? He storms Melbourne's lost dog's home. He ties up the female employee and questions her on his cat's whereabouts. <laughs> So he was unsuccessful. They did. He didn't get the cat, and he was arrested. And he explained that he just felt like he needed to get the cat back. So that's why he um, uh, terrorized that poor woman. So there you are. Did he get it back? No. No. Well. no. A futile mission for our a former Australian. Definitely PTSD. A little bit, I'd say. Bit. I'd imagine there were some local news stories came up, Michael. Oh, please share them. Have a look here. So, uh, just get. I might get you to read the headlines for me. Oh, thank you, thank you, it's thank just, you very much. Never mind that second page, it's just the first one. Okay, so this week's in local news Council recall a hair river. Sorry. Council recall a hair river until locals learn to play nice with it. 
<laughs> council culture reasons. Or council, council culture. <laughs> Lord Canal has retired from his role as world's greatest sex machine. <laughs> horse boxes have resumed their role as horse boxes as COVID restrictions on cafes ease. <laughs> A photo was included in the Gory Garden this week that did not contain Joe Sullivan. <laughs> Scientists discover that the sun does in fact shine out of Michael D. Higgins' arsehole. <laughs> and finally, a missile has been launched from Ballygarrett. We're not sure where it's headed, and neither are they. Very good, Mac. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. I also went to the Liberty of Finding some articles this week, Mike. Oh, fuck. So, uh, man's man burns down home and fires shots after council turn up to mow his lawn. Oh wow. So apparently there's been an ongoing feud with the neighbours for years and there was a seven hour standoff with the police where the man eventually set fire to his house. Wow. Jesus. So that's, I will, I'll give you three guesses as to, as to which country this happened in. Okay. America. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's a big one. Right. No, go on, Murray. Well, like, how did they escalate? Or what was the crew? Oh, apparently it's just that like the man wouldn't cut his grass like, for years. Like imagine what a lawn it looked like for yeah. years without cutting it. And yeah. Apparently it was probably on a nice street. The neighbours wanted to probably bring down the property value. Yeah, Do you know that's true. Uh, right, next one. So woman claim woman claims strawberry pop <coughs> strawberry pop tarts don't have enough strawberries. Sues for five million. <laughs> was she successful? Uh, it's ongoing. Okay. But uh, they reckon she won't be for oh, some reason. Right. Uh, she claimed that they contain mostly non-strawberry fruit ingredients. Okay. The plaintiff, Elizabeth Russell of New York, <laughs> claims she would not have bought the strawberry Pop-Tarts or would only have been willing to pay less than what she did had she known the truth. <laughs> In fairness to her, I would never let a Pop-Tart pass my lips. Would you eat them? No, never. No, no. Because you know what you're going to I, get. You know what you're getting. I yeah. might have eaten a Pop-Tart once. I think Isaac Nolan brought him to Spanish in fifth year. <laughs> so show out Isaac Nolan yeah. Pop Tarts. Uh, the last one from America again. Mm. A Georgia man used fifty-seven thousand of his COVID relief payment to COVID relief loan to buy a Pokemon card. Oh wow! Feds investigate. Okay. So Vinat Audu's man accused of wire fraud, having lied about how many employees he had while applying for his large COVID relief loan of two thousand five hundred. Uh, American dollars, two hundred and fifty thousand American US dollars. Right. Prosecutors allege that five months later he spent fifty-seven thousand of it on a single Pokemon card. Uh, they don't know which card it is, and he is now facing a maximum of twenty years in prison and two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in fine. Wow. Okay. That reminds me of there's a case in Cork at the moment where a man claimed his deceased parents' pension for thirty years. It racked up almost, I think, half a million. Jesus. But, like, it'd be some going. Uh, that'd take some effort to, to continue that over the 30 years. It would. And, like, where would he be hiding it? Yeah. Or no, he's not sure. How? Yeah. Surely someone knew the pair. He was, they were dead. Yeah. Like, if they were was paying that money. Bank account, was it? Could have been bank account, which would have been very easy for it to gather, but. Mm. We'll get Detective Pancake on the case. <laughs> Definitely. Mark, would we go to our Parish of the Week? Oh. Actually, twist for the first time in 70-odd episodes, Parishioner of the Week. Oh, yes. And it's warranted because Harry Trimble 
is a man after all of our hearts. He's admitted that his secret obsession is taking pictures of wheelie bins. A hundred photos of these wheelie bins he's uh, gathered from across Great Britain. And he thinks that there's there's just such great beauty in the differing style of the wheelie bin. And he finds it very satisfying, particularly Hertzmere's logo, because it looks like a sportswear brand. So, yes, he you can find him if you think I'm making this up. Govbeans.uk on Instagram. And uh, he might write a book. Uh, would you buy his book on video bean pictures, man? I might. Really? If he buys a ticket to our show. Oh, great twist. Um, <laughs> who's the lady who takes photos of benches that she always send me? She's a, Oh, Esther Moore O'Donoghue. Uh, Shout out Esther Moore. I yeah. did tra- I called the traffic with Esther. She's very intelligent and witty. Uh, yeah, she she um, she has the same obsession with you and the turns, but hers is benches. She likes good, colourful benches. And actually, funny one, there's a thing, a, a new thing now, a new... Um, campaign of sorts for uh, old people benches or like uh, a bench where if you're an old person you can go and the idea is if you're sitting at that bench if someone's walking by they know then that you want to talk so then you'll sit down and talk with the old person so there's one in New Ross and there's one in Ferns do they work? do these benches have old people? I I go find one now (laughs) will there be an old person? (laughs) and the old people can't sit at our benches anymore (laughs) No, and if they're at Norwich, you're not to talk to me. Oh. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just an awful idea, but I'm sure Esther would like them. They're a bright green colour, they're very colourful. So, yeah, so that's it. They're, the Instagram is the home for everyone. And, um, Mark, let's see your flash flood is off annual leave, shall yes. we? Yes, that's. Men, when you're on the road early in the morning and you tunnel vision to get to Dublin, there is nothing worse than some fucker. In a big car, big white lights coming up your hole and blinding you in the back. No, hon. It's bollocksology now is the only way I describe it. You have some dirty big bollocks in this big car coming up your hole, flashing lights and blinding you. Are you cool you think he is? You wouldn't mind if these lads were important or had big jobs or, or whatever. But they don't. They're no different to me or you. They're nobodies. Man, I have a problem this week. The amount of fucking arse lickers and bandwagoners and fucking gone beans selling out the Ireland match. I tell you something, a couple of months ago they couldn't go look at Stephen Kenny and his team in their back garden. It was up to the likes of me, true fans, sticking by the man. And now they're all going out there. Arseholes, a lot of them. Arseholes, bandwagoners, fucking... I, I hate band. I hate a man that jumps on a bandwagon. I fucking hate it. You're either with a team or against a team. You can't jump on halfway through. Not on. I missed him. I missed him. He's Did back. He's double, back. double barrel flow. Double whammy, yeah. yeah. Right, so um, can we dissect these a little please. bit? Please. Right, so uh, the first one I agree mm. with. I don't like people driving up my arse. Mm. Uh, I just have one question, and that is how he knows their profession. <laughs> By them driving behind him. He said it's okay if they have good jobs. <laughs> yeah. They don't. <laughs> Yeah. So whatever technology James has in his car to find this out, I'd like to invest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you know, I'm a devil for the, maybe not the flashing of the lights, I'd say that's a, a tough one, but uh, driving up close behind people. And um, I'm, in Ashton's car, it actually tells you when you're just too close to someone. Mm. So then you have to, you have to take, keep your distance. Reel it back in. Yeah. Shane's car has that. Shane's car tells him when he goes over the white line on the road, it beeps at him. Oh. Which is, it can get annoying that's, like. Oh, okay. Sure, how many white lines are there? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, speaking of cars and the Ahare River, I was oh, driving. Yeah. Was I telling you this? Was this? Oh yeah. Wednesday morning or was it yesterday morning? I was driving to uh, the gym and it was dark, and the Ahare River was flooded. So obviously, whoever done that work, it didn't work. <laughs> but uh, I was through it before I knew I was in it. Yeah, I was the whole way past it, and I was Jesus Christ because I was like, I'm fucking. How water close was it? Me. How close was it? Like, um, clo- oh, water coming in the windscreen. No, 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 no. Water was coming onto the windscreen. So oh, it was well. flashing up in the air. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was going pretty close then to, yeah. like, un- endangering the vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably wasn't far off it now. And it kept raining more. Luckily, it, it was worse later in the day than it was then. Right. But yeah, it was, because uh, in the middle of the night, like, you wouldn't see the water. It's at the bottom of a hill. So it'll, it just looks like road. It's black. Like, it yeah. doesn't look like a puddle. Yeah, so that was it's a very creepy place as well. Speaking of Halloween, I wouldn't like to be a hair. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird kind of it's eerie enough, isn't it? And then they used to have that uh, big structure from the bog run. Yeah. <laughs> that was creepy enough. Yeah, um, so anyway, okay, driving to the, no, that's fair enough. The first one. Do you understand the second one? Yeah, so he doesn't uh, like breed. I think is what he was saying. <laughs> no, he's, what he's saying is that you. Uh, People are jumping on, are starting to support Ireland football again, or Irish football again, and that's a bad thing. Mm. But what I'm saying is that you can't get tickets to Ireland matches anymore. Yeah. Because other people are going. Yeah, I don't get it. No. Why would you go watch a soccer match? <laughs> Do you know, I give a shout out to this point, Conor O'Toole, I'd say this is probably who James is targeting. <laughs> but Conor O'Toole will go on top of the shirtless and is that is that not what the definition of Irish soccer is all about? Yeah, Conor O'Toole is Irish soccer fan. Irish soccer fans encapsulated, really. Yeah. I lived with him for two years, I think. Yeah. And it was the most stressful two years of my life, I think. <laughs> I, he's great. Uh, yeah. He's uh, just uh, a rogue, you would call him, a lovable yeah. rogue. Yeah. He's Conor O'Toole. Yeah. And now he's at the backbone of Irish football. And do you know what, James? Look, whatever about our agreement or disagreements with your flash was. I'm just revealing skin. Oh, oh get it out. Yeah. Well, Flo, thanks for coming back from your annual leave. You're well, always welcome it's, here. It's great to have you. Yeah. Um, one more for Roy Keane for the road. Let's have If you've got this Fire and Paper Chooses podcast, you've one thing left to do. You have to message one friend and you have to tell them about the Paper Chooses live podcast experience, a Christmas special taking place on Friday, the 3rd of December. Tickets available at paperchooses.com. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, page number, Michael. Um, one three two. One three two. Okay, so although the rule on foreign players didn't help, it didn't fully explain our future. If we were forced to bench some talent, it was no more than was required of any other competing clubs. There were two principal reasons for our initial failure to make an impression on Europe. Firstly, our style of play was geared to the English game, where the pace was manic from start to finish and lacked the subtlety and tactical fluency we commonly encountered in Europe. The European game was much more sophisticated and punishing than the Premier League. In domestic league games, you could afford to be sloppy in an attack, where if you gave possession away, you'd quickly regain it. And in defence, where mistakes were not, as in Europe, severely punished. The other and more insidious problem was habits, bad habits, acquired week in, week out as we began to dominate domestic competitions. Most weeks we didn't have to draw on our reserves at all to win. At Old Trafford, most visiting teams would throw the towel in and the first smell of defeat. They'd have to go away for 20 minutes, but most visiting teams lacked real conviction. We were only going through the motions. 
and even that stopped if we and even that stopped if we took the lead. Away from home was another matter. In front of the home fans, the opposition would have a go, but except for places like Anfield, Highbury, or Elland Road, or Edwood Park, when Daglish was there and Blackburn were riding high, you only had to stand and fight and wait for the class of Eric, Ryan, or Mark Hughes to kick in. The statistics of my first three seasons at United were revealing. While failing consistently in Europe, we only we lost only 16 games out of 122 played in the Premier League. The truth was, and arguably still is, that domestic success came too easily. Relatively easy success breeds bad habits, and they are punished when you step up to meet other countries' champions. Ooh, that's a lovely little nugget there from me. Roy. What do you take from that? He's just mm. never happy, is he? Like, fuck me. Winning all the time, winning the yeah. partnership is bad because then you don't win the other thing. <laughs> Relax, Roy. Oh, that's a lovely message for Roy. What he says about tactics and different approaches at the start, it reminded me of I was down in Cork at the weekend mm. at the Cork Jazz Festival. Yeah. And we stayed with a good friend of mine, shout out to Tara O'Neill. And mm. Tara's housemate is um, an American lady called Patricia. Shout out Patricia. And Patricia and I had a, actually, we, I thought she had gone to her basketball match in uh, Dublin. But she hadn't gone and I had just changed my underwear in her bedroom. And uh, she walked in on me. Thankfully, I was not naked, but it was, we're only seconds between. Uh, you weren't uh, far off it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so but Patricia anyway uh, is over here on a basketball scholarship and she, she was describing to me the differences in uh, female basketball here when compared with back home in America yeah. and the, one of the, I found it interesting that one of the key differences is that it's a lot more tactical obviously in America but here it's a lot more rugged wow wow the heavens have opened here at HQ <laughs> <laughs> that is some rain oh, yeah that'd be blessed to have Hardly. It makes, the, it makes the grass green. Yeah. But uh, Patricia was just saying how here it's a lot more physical and more, uh, you know, you have to be, there's hardly fierce tackles in the in the Irish women's basketball. And I just found it interesting how even though it might be a lower sort of standard, it's still uh, difficult because it's a different quality in the in the game. Yeah. So Tough Irish women. Yeah. Born out in that rain. Yeah. That rain is bred as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now Irish, like, we, we don't have the genetics for basketball, really, do we? No, no. It's all hunched over. Yeah. Do you know, I was down in Cork, and I think I met the Irish fab. Or, sorry, the Cork fab. <laughs> the Cork um, fab Italian. <laughs> Fabiano over there. Is that what it's about? Fabulous. Fabulous, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, we were lost, and uh, I was looking at Google Maps, and then this man emerged with a shopping bag, and I said, where are you looking to go? And then... Um, he he. We went walking with him, and he rem- it was like meeting the Cork Fabs. Oh, so he didn't just tell you where it was; he showed you to. Yeah, we walked for a section of the journey, <laughs> and then as soon as we were out, as the, your man had left, Ashton turned to me and goes, "You loved that, didn't you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> we went to Thomastown. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. both travelers, aren't we? Both travelers. <laughs> we were staying in an old mill. Yeah, and I, it seems like every time I come on this podcast, I have a ghost story of some description. But uh, I don't know, Shane Dador to tell you about like the mill owner. I heard you talking about it, yeah, I didn't really listen. Yeah, so I didn't do a fact check on this, but apparently the we it was an old mill we were staying in. It was a converted mill, and uh, apparently where we were staying, the mill owner was strangled to death. It's a very old mill, I don't know when this happened, but he was strangled to death by a disgruntled co- uh, worker. Oh. In this house we were staying in. 
Wow. Yeah. And is this a, was it a really old mill? Really old. Yeah. That's interesting now because you know last week uh, short history <laughs> last week we were talking about the orange mob and how they were killing priests mm. but like there was this type of rural violence happening in other parts in Kilkenny there were these right boys and white boys and they were mobs that would attack um, landlords and like sort of mill owners over agrarian disputes lack of pay this sort of thing it could be connected to that could be yeah it's very interesting how it pops up and these uh, tensions ferment and spill over yeah um, and is there a talk of a ghost as a result of that? Uh, I don't know. That's all I heard. Oh. There was no talk of a ghost or anything like that. I didn't see any, but it was still uh, a bit eerie. You know, you're not in your usual surroundings. You're kind of a bit on edge in the middle of the night when you go up to go for a slash or whatever. Yeah. And uh, one morning we were awake. We weren't awake. It was about six o'clock in the morning. And uh, all we hear is just horrendous fucking banging on the door. Like, and it was like someone was trying to get into the house or whatever. And then it turned out that it was just a dog scratching on the door. So we brought the dogs down for a holiday. <laughs> do you know who got up, right? So there was, what, four, five grown men in the house at that stage, a baby, and probably five women as well. Who went to check who was there an intruder? Michael's wife, Neve. <laughs> <laughs> she was the first time there. She found the dog. Yeah. But what's the backstory? No, it wasn't Baxter didn't Georgie. come on the holiday, so Baxter, oh. he doesn't travel well. Oh, okay. Because he'll piss on everything when he gets there. <laughs> so we only brought the female dog, so Georgie and Bear came. Oh, okay. So. And who was scratching, Georgie or Bear? Uh, I think it was Georgie. Yeah, Georgie. Yeah, but Georgie should be a diva, like, yeah. looking for divilment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was good. We didn't really do much other than that. I uh, started getting sick the second night. Okay. So I didn't stay up too late. But the first night, I was usual playing board games, sitting around, doing nothing, really. But right. it was good. Yeah, taking it easy. Yeah, our court jazz mark. I, I told you bits and pieces about it, but we were in one pub and it's called the Shelburne. If you're ever in Cork, you have to get a pint in the Shelburne. Mm. It's just they know how to do a pub, right? In that you can bring in your own chipper food and there's oh. little snugs that you know you can have a right night with six people there. You know, like a right night. And yeah. there was live jazz with uh, and these dancers. Um, well, they weren't, they were just up dancing. Um, but there was this woman and she, I'd say, I saw her definitely kiss two men. Oh. Uh, but like she was a grown woman, yeah. well in her 50s or whatever. Yeah. And um, but and one man actually, <laughs> he didn't want to be kissed anymore. So he put on his mask and oh. he continued dancing. <laughs> but it's that was a risk when you're just trying to have a dance and women keep throwing themselves at you. <laughs> and then there was this man Mark and he had a big belly on him and he I'll never forget this man he was just so rhythmic he was giving it welly it was just perfect witness in the moment and um, anyway this someone that was with us um, at our table got up to dance with him and uh, very respectful didn't uh, touch her or anything and then uh, the wife calls her over and says go easy on him now he had a heart attack last week. <laughs> and this man skull and fights had the heart attack last week. That's that's what I call living. Yeah. Nice. And do you know what another craze that I discovered in Corkmark? Mm. When you go into a cafe, you expect, I don't know, maybe ambient music or something in the background. Yeah. But I went in and there was a DJ playing full-blown disco music on the decks. I was surprised to see it. And it was actually quite loud. You couldn't have a normal conversation. Oh. But this is the hipster thing now, maybe. This is it. Mm. Was it a, a certain... DJ from Kamala? No, no, if that was, if it was DJ Kino. We've had to cancel no, no, no. Um, at loan. He's cancelled at loan, but thank God. He we was in Jack's Tavern last. Oh, we were going up to We were going up to Athlone for the weekend. 
So <laughs> it was good. It was good enough to reach out and let it us was, know that fairness he was going to play. Yeah. Home, so we were able to. We got money back on the rooms anyway. So it's not too bad. <laughs> so we we head out to Jack's Tavern. Friday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Fancy dress. No charge on the way in. Jack's no Tavern. No. Mark, it's always a pleasure to do this with you. My pleasure. Pleasure is all mine, Michael. Mm. And pleasure is all yours. Thank you for listening. Yes. Enjoy the rest of your day. Namaste. Namaste. Some more. Get a lot of sleep. Hope you're mammy. Buy your tickets. Buy your tickets. Yeah. The link is in our Instagram bio. That's where you'll find it. We'll see you there.